when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, the 26th of August. <laughs> I left the August part out of my notes. I wrote Monday 26, 2019. <laughs> you owe oh, my you, coffee. You heard the, heard the, heard mm. the like slight hesitation. It was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 259. I'm Austin Walker. That was Patrick Klepikado and Rob also here. We got a lot to talk about. Today was an embargo day. Today was like one of those, we're all working on Sunday. We're all going to take a half day today if we can, because we should not have to work on the weekends. Uh, We should just dive right into it. Reviews are out for Astral Chain, for Mm -hmm. Ancestors, Mm -hmm. and for Control. We've talked about Astral Chain. We've talked about Ancestors. So I kind of want to dive right in headfirst to Control. Rob, uh, set it up for us. I know it's a remedy game. I know it's spooky. How um, spooky is There are cool powers I remember from E3. What did you think of Remedy's latest? Well, I should admit up front here that like I'm not unbiased on this one, right? I come <laughs> to this as a pretty long-standing fan of Remedy games. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like quirks and tendencies that Remedy has that could be off-putting. I tend to go along with it. Uh, I think control is probably the like the closest comparison is probably still Alan Wake, mm-hmm. but with a little more of that Max Payne DNA uh, in terms spliced of, in there. In terms of like the action stuff. Yeah, like okay. this is if if Alan Wake were mostly about trying to like create a mood and shooting was secondary to that. True. This is very much like mood and shooting together as one. Uh, and that is a little bit contrived, but ultimately it, it works pretty well. So control is, I guess the way I, the way I describe it is it's kind of a single player MMO almost experience. It's very nonlinear. You are, you are sort of. Sorry, I couldn't make out what Kato said. He said what? <laughs> and I, I laughed. Just, I just immediately thought of uh, the dot .hack games. I, not like that. <laughs> I, I, my, do you mean more structurally in terms of like getting quests from people and going out there, into the there world? Are, this game stuff? has straight up um, limited time quests where it's like, oh, hey, wow. for the next 20 minutes, there are some named enemies down here that have better loot. What? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So okay. 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 Let's. All right. Let's slow down. The, I ran into this problem yesterday when I was writing my review because the the like easiest way to dial in what is control is to begin making comparisons. So let's start here. 
Um, you know how in Destiny a lot of times you have a skybox and there's a story about that skybox and you're like, damn, that sounds awesome. I wish they made the game about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the Black the Garden, but like here I am just in this fucking like linear corridor shooter blowing away shitty robots. And then there's this lore hidden in a grimoire. Yeah. There's not even a grimoire anymore. No. But anyway... <laughs> There's this story about like what a strange and magical and fucked up place this is. And you're like, damn, I wish any of that were in the game. Yeah, I do know. Control is that game. Oh, okay. That's a strong sell. Yeah, Control is basically like, what if we just made the Black Garden the entire game? Hold on. I want to just... Okay, you haven't played Destiny in a while. I want to check back in. Oh, Destiny Defender. Yeah. No one, give, no one look, gives a shit, Kato. The Guardian. I have to say this. We have a lot of clan members listening. What? Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Do no. we? <laughs> Can we deal with them? Am I supposed to worry about their feelings? No! no I'm oh, just gonna, no, Destiny I'm clan. the Destiny God damn it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I was confused. Austin. What do you think? <laughs> Lots of clan members? Let me just say it sets off some alarms. Yeah. Ron, I was like, in I guess context? I thought, like, doesn't. I thought maybe they were hate listening. I was, conf- you know, I, you know, listen, I wrote about a game with cops in it. I'm in a very defensive mode right now because yeah, Twitter. That's fair. So, yeah. you know. Uh, no, just like uh, Destiny 2 in the uh, last couple of. Uh, Expansions has done a lot of what Rob is saying, and I just—I'm sure they've nailed it. I'm sure they've got the narrative (laughs) thing completely figured out. And I'm sure it's uh, not just you convincing yourself whatever you have to in a game that you've invested thousands of hours into. It's—I'm sure they fixed the story. I'm sure they fixed the story. I really want to play Destiny too. It's on PC. I can transfer my character over. I'm going to do it soon. Do it. Do it. You know how Destiny 2 is kind of built around these locations that you visit and you sort of, this sort of the open sequence, I forget the term of art for them is within Destiny, but it's the sort of the open world areas where you just kind of roll around and like enemies spawn in, you shoot them, there's certain yeah, like offset areas you yeah. go into, uh, was like the dark sectors and shit like that where mm-hmm. you you know you go, you go into a tiny like mini level built off of that. All of control is kind of laid out like this. Hmm. The central location is located in the Federal Bureau of Control. The tower. Gotcha. Which is this uh, like brutalist office building where this mysterious federal agency that basically is tasked with like fighting paranormal monsters is headquartered. So, uh, <laughs> fighting like maybe like an over like like at least in the first like six hours that I've played it's mostly like they don't know what's going on and they're mostly throwing their hands up too. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds well, so in good general, to me. That they're just like, great. The world is scarier than anyone has any idea of what it is. We don't quite get it either, but we're trying to figure it like it's a game about like a bureaucracy oh. that is instit- instituted a bureaucracy because there needs to be some measure of control to like get huh. to, to try and handle this thing. But they, it is so clear they have uh, very little context Vince for like McMahon what is actually gift. Vince McMahon <laughs> getting more and more excited gift. They've been doing a great, they've been doing a great job, Patrick. I, I would defend the FBC's record here. No, I'm, yes, I'm, they're getting but, rolled in the context of this game, but like, absolutely. okay, here's the thing. from Massachusetts. 
Remember how when we were kids, we thought Walter Peck in Ghostbusters was just a shithead and the bad guy, but yeah. ultimately he was kind of right about a lot of things, right? Like he was basically saying, I don't know what you Ghostbusters are doing, but this doesn't seem totally like on the up and up. There's he, no like, regulation, he, no oversight. Yeah. You're, you're hitting it. You're pulling from the power grid way too much power. We're trying to <laughs> right. run a city and, here. Rather than work with him on any of that, they're like, ha fuck off, nerd. Yeah. And then when they get shut down, all hell get all hell breaks loose. Uh, but the FBC is kind of like the EPA for ghosts and demons breaking into our reality. And they just have to go kind of contain and clean up the spills. I just you're playing the same game I played this past month. Except it sounds like yours is cooler, <laughs> and it upsets me. We haven't even explained. We haven't even explained what the oldest house is, which is just an, an unbelievably what a good cool concept. Fucking Patrick, take, what? take us through it. So the the, Fed, the 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 Bureau of Control is set in a place called the oldest house. They didn't build. They built a building, but they built it around something, oh. and it's called the oldest <laughs> house, and it's. Uh, they're like layers of like these these objects sort of, of power. Hold on, Patrick. I just sure. got to tell you one thing. I don't yeah. think they built it, though, because there's a painting on the <laughs> wall that shows the discovery of the oldest house the day it was discovered. That's and right. it's oh, an it's old the, uh, FDNY hook and ladder company outside this fucking concrete uh, like cube in New York that nobody can see. Nobody knew it was there until it made itself manifest to the agency because everything about the oldest house is that oh, have, it is a we thing haven't explained that, the board. <laughs> but first, you know, the but first the, we need to the, explain the mass dimensions. communication <laughs> from the astral chain who also right. who also picks the director who runs the agency. Yeah. This is the same game that I played, except it sounds like it knows the thing it's doing. It's so good. It's so <laughs> I'm fucking so, pissed. God damn it. So the oldest house, it's like it was this building that was always there, has maybe been there since time immemorial, but is always like perfectly designed to just blend in with its surroundings. But one day they discovered it was there, and it turns out it is kind of like the locus of all the dimensions that converge on our own. And the Bureau of Control was basically installed within this building to keep this shit from breaking out. But whenever something weird happens out in the world, they send retrieval teams out there, a bit XCOM style, but way less competent. And they bring... Wait, less? <laughs> yeah, so like if, <laughs> if, for instance, some creepypasta type shit happens in... Wichita or yeah. something yeah. like that. Um, the Bureau of Control sends teams out there to clean up the mess, find whatever object broke through into our reality and caused a bunch of shit to go down and bring it back to the oldest house and keep that shit under lock and key. It's very much like oh. end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, but like <laughs> it's in that building. This rules. Wow. Though I do wonder, is but, that not a moment where you're like, that's the, the Destiny Skybox thing? Where you're like, well, I want to go fucking do the thing where I go to Wichita. If it, if it was the case that the 
the the moment to moment like storytelling and lore stuff you're getting in the oldest house wasn't gotcha. interesting. All like this, yeah. The sequel to this, well, I don't know how it ends, but like the sequel to this game or like a spinoff of this game, where like yeah, you're going off on those missions sounds cool as hell. But at no team, point yeah. in what I have played so far, like the way. Uh, <sighs> And this game drips out lore in, like, the most archaic ways. Like, this game is uninterested <laughs> in, like, finding new, like, to, to a beautiful degree. Like, right. it is just its most honest self. And it's like, you know what? Audio logs. You know what? Like, random text entries. You know what? Video screens that are playing videos for no particular FMV, reason. FMV videos from what I read in Rob's review. Well... And specifically, I was trying to explain this to him, but he didn't watch Lost. And the, the, the analogy I will use, if you watch Lost and you, I am, I don't know this for a fact, but I am convinced they just looked at the Dharma Initiative videos, if you're <laughs> familiar with those, and just made those, but what if witchcraft and paranormal, which is already some elements of Lost, but this one is like all the way there. It basically just means like they made Dharma Initiative videos and they are a delight. <laughs> and like, it is... It's hokey as hell. Like these yeah. videos, oh, yeah. these videos, they like put a bunch of like people in lab coats in a tiny little set that was cheaply decorated mm -hmm. and had them play act as like mad scientist researchers of paranormal activities. Good. And right. the, but here's the weird thing. Remedy commits to the bit. And so first it's like, oh, okay, very funny guys, like self-referential weirdness, kookiness for its own sake. And then those videos do start getting weirder and creepier. And eventually you just buy in because, look, this is the storytelling device we're using. And eventually the artifice of it, artifice of it begins to drop away a little bit. And then you're actually just kind of there watching the story unfold. And it ends up kind of working. But the FMV bits, those are those make sense. There are two other avenues for story delivery that are so fucking weird and goofy but endearing that I can't get over. So you remember uh, James McCaffrey, a.k.a. Max Payne, voice of Max yeah, Payne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's in this game as the director of the Federal Bureau of Control, Zachariah Trench. Good name. <laughs> and he's talking to you through the hotline. Oh, we this didn't explain the hotline? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What's the, the it's a hotline? Tell me, tell me about the hotline. Tell me about the talk. Did you talk to ghosts on a hotline? You don't actually talk to them. They just sort of seem to send like vague, short voicemail messages from the beyond. I'm not sure. <laughs> this is a 900 by an AV installation. <laughs> mm, this is juicy. Like the ones where you get from the the former director. They're all just the same 90 second video loop of he's. He's standing in front of like a blue light in a black room and the camera kind of zooms in and oh. out and fades between like two different shots. And then he's just just brooding, just like brooding about it. So the thing that like I'm sure a listener is doing right now is screaming at their ear pods, <laughs> being like, this sounds shitty. Why are you saying it's good? But this sounds like it sucks shit. But it all, but to me, I can read your enthusiasm as like they've nailed a sort of campiness. They've nailed a sort of it's remedy. It's remedy's house style. Like, right. It's right. If, 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 it's it is it is very much. And if you played Max Payne, if you played Alan Wake, like th th this is just another one of those with a different stylistic gameplay direction. Right. Um, that said, but, I will say like even relative to their previous games, like. I have found the way they dole out the high concept ideas and then like 
I eventually, in most games, uh, actually get tired of reading the ancillary material, like, that is scattered in the world. Whereas in Control, like, I cannot get enough of it because it is exceptionally well written. Mm -hmm. Like, I have found it to be such a uh, interesting complement to the, like, and you can ignore all that stuff. Like, the game's happy to just, like, you're like, the oldest house, sure, whatever. And you can just, just go on shooting telepathic powers and, you know, blow up the hiss, this, this collective enemy that you're fighting against in the game. But if you, like, start digging in, like, I found all the ancillary material to be, like, really rewarding and interesting and, like, often funny like there's an like so in these like these these uh scientist videos where you have this 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 goofball who's you know clearly was like an early employee and then got to be the one that bosses everyone around well you find one of these uh notes that is written by a set of scientists that were in the background of a couple of them mm-hmm. and they talk about how the other scientists don't get to do very much and their their lives are kind of boring because they don't get access like clearance levels or like a hu- like so many notes or people complaining about clearance levels and how they don't get access to the cool shit in this game. And these two scientists are like, actually, like, I just want to be in the back of that video. Like, you know, it's just, it's an easy day. You just stand back there. You don't have to do anything. And there's just all, like, it does, the the world that, like, you don't see, like, the, the boring office space stuff that happens, they do such a good job of, like, painting that in your mind that for an environment that is often actually sort of, like, bland and uh, uh, not filled with a lot. The what they plant in your imagination does a lot of really good work mm. to fill in the stuff that actually isn't there. That I think is a result of a game that had like to, to deal with scope and budget issues in order to accomplish what it was doing. The other thing I would say about what makes this game such a pleasurable space to, to spend time is that it is a game that feels very much like concept art brought to life. Like it feels like you're playing the concept art game, which to me is a powerful thing. How often have you have you played a game that was like fine, but then you see what the concept art for it was and you're left wondering like why the hell wasn't this in the game? Like why the hell didn't they they get this vibe into the game at all? In a lot of places in Control That is exactly what it feels like. And not just in terms of the way they execute concepts like the oldest house feeling a bit like a if if a 60s office building were built along the lines of like an Escher uh, Mm -hmm. drawing. They do nail that, but it's not just that they 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 build a concept around that. It is that the entire look and style of the game kind of has this really gorgeous aesthetic to it, I guess is the, is the only way I can put it like the with, without being too busy with like post-processing effects, for instance, it is a game of just like really clear light of really I've heard, there, well, I've heard like huh. ray tra- the ray tracing is incredible on in this game, which like, I don't have a card that takes advantage of it. That's like just high end NVIDIA cards right now. But I've heard like, because this game is just, like very simple colors with really striking, uh, often red lighting to try and like contrast that against a lot of the black and the gray and the like shades of white that you find that like the ray tracing in this game is apparently like spectacular because it like plays right into like what that technology is like really good at making look even more exceptional. But even without all that stuff, like I'm just playing in regular 1080p um, uh, and it's like, it's still, it's still gorgeous to look at because it, it finds like and this is also i think where how the game is skating between like budget and scope and what it's trying to accomplish is like 
there's not much to look at often as you're going through a lot of like pretty bland office space. Like there'll be moments where you stop and like they clearly have little aesthetic set pieces where you can like look at different rooms or uh, where like you can see like why are these like couches tilted this way? Like what happened to this blood splatter? And you can start piece together like different experiments that have been happening. But they do – it's just a really smart – and I imagine this is where a lot of the gameplay stuff, the loot stuff is born out of where it's like absent this stuff, maybe it would have been – I mean, I don't know. Where did you fall on the loot stuff? Like, I'm six hours in, and I, like, could do without any of it, and I could just have a regular upgrade path, and I'd be fine. But I don't know how that changes as the game get, gets more combat intense as it gets toward the end. I'm not sure how that changes Yeah, so to set the table for this a little bit, at the start of the game, you get the service weapon, which is sort of... A classic nine millimeter pistol, but otherworldly. And it's made of like these quivering black cubes that have sort of assembled themselves into the shape of of like a, a nine millimeter. It's essentially but, like an extension of the oldest house. If the oldest house is an amorphous a piece of geometry that is what it wants to be when it chooses to be, this gun which is only can be handled by the director, and the director is chosen by the board, and the board resides at the oldest house. <laughs> Uh, um, the, the gun can change like at will to be as Ravel set up, like, you know, your sniper rifles, your shotguns, like it kind of can shift between what it needs to be. Yeah. Like it's, it's always the service weapon, but you can put it into a uh, pierce mode, which is the sniper mode, or you can turn it into uh spin mode, which is when it turns into sort of a classic SMG. And that's a remedy game. These gun these gun types all feel good. They they know how to make a good shooter. But you can also append mods to these various weapon forms that you get. You can also put mods on yourself that change cer- certain statistics. Mm-hmm. So you can you can, and I found this made a meaningful difference, create certain itemization loadouts for particularly tough encounters. So if you're facing a, an enemy that, uh, that tends to lunge in from a distance and get really in your face for a second and then like pull back out, if you want to maximize the damage in those moments, uh, you might choose to switch to the shotgun and put a mod on it that gives it a higher rate of fire and a lower recoil rate. So you can just put more shots on target during that brief window of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that actually does make a difference. Like there were certain encounters where I basically did have to say, okay, the standard configuration I've been using the whole game isn't getting it done here. I actually need to custom tailor the mods I've got on my chosen weapons for this exact situation. Um, this gets really impactful when you're talking about the personal mods you put on yourself because your character eventually gets like super abilities. So you start out as just kind of a Max Payne style protagonist running around with your, you know, with, with your semi-automatic pistol. But by the end of the game, do you remember at the end of Dark City when the dude has like completely mastered his powers? Yes. And yeah, by the end of the game... This is Dark City. Hell yeah. Is, <laughs> like, is what it's turned into. I gotta go. So, Have a good one, everybody. Send me a code for this game. I so badly. Uh, continue. Sorry. So you get like a levitation ability that feels really good. Like you basically 
just start floating around these levels pretty aggressively and like striking at objects with the power of your mind and like just raining death from above. You can also sort of warp dodge while you're levitating. So like some enemies can do this, but you get the power too. And then you can put personal mind items on yourself that for instance, uh, cause your, for instance, you use, like 30% less ammo if you're shooting a gun while levitating. Oh, so once shit. you take to the air... The one thing that was cool about Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Anthem more than that. But like that specific yeah, style yeah, yeah. Of, of like build, where it's not just you get reduced cooldown, period. It's like, hey, you're building a traversal scheme. You're thinking about the way you like to play and fight, and then you're modifying that. You're getting, getting boosts to that that let you lean even further into that play style. Love it. Right. And all of this uses a pool of like energy and ammo and energy recharge really quickly. They're both infinite. You just have to, you only get a certain timed amount that you get to use them and then it has to sort of rebuild. Uh, But if you sort of alternate between like shooting your gun and using your psychic powers, you can probably nurse it so that neither your weapon nor your psychic energy ever fully run out. That's kind of the, the art of the game is switching between when you're going to be playing like psychic defense mode and when you're going to be there just like putting rounds on target. But you can do things like, okay, for this battle, um, I'm actually going to take to the sky and be really hard to hit and just lay gunfire down. Mm -hmm. And so you can put mods on yourself that like you can put a weapon mod on that says, okay, it's when I'm levitating, I'm using less ammo. You can put a personal mod on yourself that gives you a massive boost to your psychic energy. And then you can also say, by the way, using my warp dodge ability will use 20% less of that energy each time I use it. So now I've just got more dodges in me before I run out of juice. And so you can create kind of a loadout for yourself that enables you to push your tactics even further down, down the direction. That all works pretty well. But what Patrick is talking about, and I agree here, is their interface for, ma- for managing this is via loot. And there's all these goofy little loot boxes throughout the game <laughs> um, that you walk up to them and they just violently eject uh, <laughs> like weapon mods and abilities. Like you put like it just them. opens, like a puff of air comes out and then like, a cartridge just like shoots into the air and like clanks on the ground and then you pick it up. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's because it actually, I, I found violates the like tricky balance they're mm. going for in the, which is like everything in the world feels like it was put there for a reason. Sure. It may be goofy. It may be silly. It may be weird. Like they're able to run a gamut of, of, of humor to scares. Um, but the loot boxes don't make any sense. And they don't even go, at least in the time I spent with it, uh, come up with a bullshit reason. Right. Like, it's fine. <laughs> right. Like, right. I, like you wouldn't have to go very far. A friendly but there actually ghost seems to be has, has so, scattered, you know, things to help you on your adventure <laughs> throughout the oldest house. Well, His name is Cat. Well, so, like, there are... Uh, a lot of the loot boxes you find are in um, these... Uh, 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 I forgot about the friendly them? ghost. Like, there, is what? there for real Wait, friendly what? ghost? Oh, we didn't talk about the ghost that's attached to your main character. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my question me? before I make another astral. It's not literally chained yep. to you like an astral chain, right? You know, no, you they have enslaved it. 
No, you we no, were young it's, it's, and it's you found a yeah, you found a pro- you found a projector. <laughs> the projector opened doors. Your, you and your great. brother were terrorized. Then a being came through and it attached itself to you. Oh. I forget what its name is. Da- Polaris. Daryl. Polaris. That's what she. Oh, that's what she calls. It. <laughs> Time out. Time <laughs> out. How oh, Dylan is the brother. That's what Patrick Dylan's was going for. Dylan's Patrick did not think the What's ghost that? was Daryl. Okay, I thought <laughs> that's a good name for a ghost. Hey guys, how's it going? There Darryl might be a ghost, ghost named Daryl in this game. Hey. Though. Do you need help with anything? What's going on here? You know, this, this house is pretty old. <laughs> My impression uh, of Daryl. Well, there are, these, there are these lockdown rooms in the game where it would make sense that you would have like a, a box in there with equipment, right? It'd be one thing if like that's right, what the game sure. chose to do is like, oh, we're going to hide all the loot in these like these areas that people go into lockdown when, when shit gets weird, weirder. <laughs> um, in the oldest house. Um, but it's not. It's like you'll go into the bathroom and push open a door and there'll be a loot box sitting there and it just shoots out plus 13% energy. Uh, and it's like, okay. Um, and I just don't, I'm not enjoying managing it. Like I would just yeah. rather have had a traditional skill tree that I was putting points into that maybe I was allowed to like shift around. It let me shift the build, right? Like let me scale in a bunch of directions, but I, I get a cap on how much I can equip. And then I have to go in a different direction if a fight demands that. But um, like the, yeah, the timed missions for better loot drops, the loot itself, the loot's just not interesting enough to yeah. justify why I should be swapping between things. It's not as though uh, it seems like I'm mostly adjusting on the margins, unless I'm in a particular fight where I need to like be dealing with uh, armored enemies. And so then I need to be equipping mods that like specifically deal with like bringing out armor. It just feels like they kind of plucked from a something that was popular at the time and decided to see what they could do with it. And it certainly doesn't like, it doesn't break the game. Like you'll be fine. Like you don't have to manage it that much that from like moment to moment, but I don't know that it helps the game. Um, right. So it kind of ends up as a right. wash. One wash in one thing that seems like it, it it takes away from something that seems so much grander than it, though. Like, I, one of the things Rob writes about in this review is this idea of, like, you have to meet it halfway. This is a game that needs a collaborator more than just a passive player. Um, if you go in skeptical, if you go in looking for the seams, you will find them, as is true for many mm-hmm. of Remedy's games. Uh, you know, they are they are a very idiosyncratic studio. They have a, such a, a clean, clear house, not clean, but clear house style. Clear, <laughs> clean in the sense of like, oh, wow, they are doing a thing. It's clear that they yeah. are doing a thing. In contrast with a lot of studios, which seem to make, make which seem to want the player to forget that creative decisions were made. Right. This is one work inside of a catalog of video games that are all video games. This is not necessarily a developer video game. This is a this is just a video game. There are obviously lots of exceptions to this. I think like, you know, even games I don't necessarily love. Something like Naughty Dog has a house style with the way that they tell stories. But many games are just like, yeah, this is the way video games are. And that way you don't stumble over some of the the seams, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a video game, whatever. I'm going to hand wave it. Um, But but. Rob, one of the things that you get at here is that, like, if you are willing to go along with them on that ride, the highs are so incredibly high because they're they're willing to step out and be like, this is what a Remedy game looks, feels, sounds like. And for me, again, coming off of Astral Chain, a game that felt so bland, despite coming from a developer I love, a developer that I think traditionally has a lot of style, um, this just sounds so appealing. And, and it's so nice to hear that there is, like, 
that they are committed to that, that after quantum break, they didn't step back yeah, yeah. and go, we need to make something more mass appeal. We need to make something more like refined for third person shooter tastes, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, like the loot stuff doesn't feel cynical. It feels sure. like they thought, let's give it a shot. Right. And like, let's see how we graft that onto, you know, it, 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 despite the fact that I don't think it helps the game. That's why I say I don't think it hurts it because you can still just play it as like a, a very competent, fun third person action game. And the loot just, the loot doesn't get in the way. It felt like they just like, let's see how it goes. And it's interesting, but like, you know, it's kind of take it or leave it. And if, if you are someone like me who uh, delights in reading like, short scary stories like this game is full of them like if you like uh i forget what they call there's like the subreddit where it's uh like you know like you know it's like a scary story no sleep you know no sleep yeah yeah yeah. but yeah like you're you're essentially trying to tell stories like in like 500 words or less and like there's so many of these in 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 control um that even telling a couple of them doesn't like just to get a sense of like what they are like there was um there was one was a very short one because often you get like these transcripts. They're like a part of like a larger file um, and there's so many redactions and the redactions are there just to like delight you and what you don't know and what you might learn as you go along. But like there was one where um, uh, a 9-11 or 9 dispatcher picked up the phone. It's like, you know, hey, what's your emergency? And the person on the other line is like, hey, hey don't don't hang up. I'm, I'm working my way through the wires. I'm almost <laughs> out the other end. And then the lady is like, ex, ex, sir, excuse me. You know what? What, what is your problem? She's like, I'm I'm fine. I'm just I'm in the wires. Like, I'm just wor- I'm trying to get to, to the other end. And the lady just oh. hangs up the phone and you don't know. Did she just kill that right. person? There's a, there's another one. It's a delightful one uh, uh, early on um, where uh and uh, so they are, they're constantly telling the people that work at the oldest house, like shit's just going to show up and you, everyone needs to call, like be careful because we don't know what things do. Um, and light switches just started appearing in different places. And when you pull on them, they take you somewhere. And <laughs> these two employees like pulled on the light switch and just appeared in a different room in the oldest house. Um, and they were, I think those two ended up safe. Usually this does not go well for the people that decide to <laughs> experiment. Um, and it's just, it's just little stuff like that. Like constantly you're picking things up and it's not just like backstory because like they're trying to fill out a, like a story Bible. I mean, it's doing that, but it's, it's doing that in a way that feels, God. um, just like, it's just so much fun to read. Like, I'm just going to get, a, I'm just going to get a cool short story yeah, yeah, yeah. for the, for the next 15 yeah. seconds. And then I'm going to go back to, to blasting enemies. And so I finished the game and I'm still playing it because there's side quests I haven't done. There's like major, like a lot of the major side quests are kind of there as other stories from the FBC archives. There's other haunted fucking objects that are out there wreaking havoc that like you can still go and try to deal with. And a lot of times they'll create their own sort of quest chain. Like one uh, there's a couple things. So one, as I go through this game, by the way, at this point, I think I know the layout of that building pretty well. Like I've been through some of these spaces again and again and again. Um, and then sometimes I swear to God, something is different. Love it. Like I ran into a room the other day with like a haunted fucking jukebox. And I know like, I'm like, I know I've been by where that room is. And that room wasn't there. I don't know if that's me imagining it or not, but it was like, 
I've spent 12 hours coming in and out of this out of this room. And this other room with the haunted jukebox was never there. <laughs> and then like last night, there was this room I'd never seen before. And maybe I just overlooked it. But like genuinely with this game, I don't know. I, I don't know what is changing on it. Um, but then some of the quests you do are pretty interesting where there was this haunted mirror I had to go find. Uh, like I like I found this this lab, the synchronicity lab, where they're studying this this evil mirror, and you have to like solve a puzzle to figure out how to even get at the mirror because they've they've locked it up and they're like, don't go near the mirror. The mirror doesn't show reflections. The mirror shows things it wants to see, <sighs> and. Which is weird, but it makes sense once you encounter it. But then once you once you sort of go deal with this whole mirror situation, it goes badly. You get pulled into sort of an altered dimension and have to fight through like a little boss battle. And that's a that's an optional quest you can go through. But the game's sort of packed with stuff like that. And there are varying qualities. Sometimes the boss battles are are kind of are, are kind of weak, very familiar stuff. Um, you know giant three-headed enemy with three different weak points that you've got to sort of shoot out one by one that that sort of stuff is very familiar in uh in, in control but nevertheless these little like small plot arcs you go through that are separate from the main quest it's kind of interesting and the game is really full of them they're not all winners but from time to time you just encounter profoundly weird shit that does make you question whether or not this game is maybe changing on you when mm. you're not paying attention. Janitor, man. Oh, God. Janitor. <laughs> My boy. You can't just keep He's probably not a janitor, names. right? He's probably not a janitor. I'm it's probably not opening, a janitor. I met that janitor in the opening of the game. Yeah. <laughs> in the opening of the game, uh-huh. you want, like, the game just, oh, like, by the way, the trailer shows you so much more about control than the game wants you to know. Like, if you're going to get this game, don't watch that trailer. The trailer shows you characters and, like, scenes that are, like, late game reveals. Stay away from that shit. <laughs> um, but in the opening of the game, you come into the lobby of this building. Everyone's gone. But like a lot of federal buildings, it's got port- official portraiture in the front. And there's two things. One is a picture of uh, Zachariah Trench, McCaffrey's character, sort of posed for, for an official photograph. And then there's this other picture that says the Bureau at Work. And it's a picture of a janitor in a darkened room from a distance mm-hmm. with his back to you, just mopping. And like... At the end of the game, I'm not sure, like, is the janitor God? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Makes you think. We should take a break. When we come back, I can talk about how if you invert the conversation we just had about control, you'll get my astral chain review. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back. Uh, so my review of Astral Chain also went up today. Um, it is, I, I joke before the break about how it is the inverse of the control conversation we just had, but I'm also not joking. Like so much of what was compelling to me about what you just said about control were small moments, were uh, uh, bits of, of, of particular character interaction or lore building, you know, world building or little lore drips, little side stories, ways in which the abstract stakes of there being a place where creepy shit is sneaking into our world uh, became became material and became again specific. Here is the phone that someone is trying to sneak through uh, or to escape from or whatever through the wires. Here is the the group being sent to Wichita. Um, Astral Chain doesn't deliver on that stuff, and that is maybe its biggest problem. Um, it also specifically doesn't deal or doesn't deliver a character, a main character that I care about either in style or substance. Um, it is a very similar pitch uh, in some ways. I, I guess like the very broad macro scale, it's a very different pitch, right? This is a, uh, a game about hitting buttons and throwing fists and swinging a baton more so than getting into gunfights. But it is a game in which you are part of a, an organization uh, that is specifically meant to take on extra dimensional threats who are bleeding through from uh, a mysterious dimension. Um, you are, uh, a big difference is you're living in like the last human city versus living in, you know, the world as it is today. Uh, it's as if, it's as if everything got out of the, out of the oldest house, right? Like, the, uh oh, fuck, we, we fucked up. Let's all retreat to this one city and build a wall around it. Um, and... Uh, your goal is basically to go out every every mission, uh, and and I've already set some of this up in past podcasts, so I'm going to try to speed through most of it um, to get to like the new stuff uh, and investigate the moments where these entities called Chimera have broken through. Um, Chimera are uh, kind of again extra dimensional. They almost look like like um, like biomechanical demons. Um, there are hundreds of them that you fight through the course of the game that primarily uh, fall into a couple of categories. Some of them look like dogs or wolves. Some of them float around and have big swords. Some of them kind of uh, are, are uh, uh, aerial ones that have huge wings. And there's like a billion variations on each of those. Some of them are bigger than others. Some of them are red and some of them are silver and some of them have guns on their arms and some of them have shields on their arms and et cetera. Um, they mostly blend together. And more importantly, with rare exception, there is little compelling about what they what they do when they break through into our world. 
Um, so there's like 11 chapters in this game, and the embargo very frustratingly only lets me talk about the first five, uh, which is doubly oh. frustrating because like one of my favorite chapters in the game is chapter six or seven, and I just cannot talk about why Classic it is Classic Nintendo It fucking embargo. sucks, man, because like that, remember... there's a chapter <laughs> uh, there's a chapter in this game that is like, if they made that game, they made this chapter for the whole game, this uh-huh. whole game would be better, because it does all of the shit mm. that I wish the rest of the game did, and so I can only really describe it in negative by describing what the first five chapters fail to do and you have to imagine that there is one chapter in this game that does the things that I'm talking about um you were saying you remember a Nintendo a oh, when I reviewed um Super Mario 3D Land um that uh game uh has a whole post game which is basically just another game like you beat the game and then a second half opens another like eight worlds that mm-hmm. is uh significantly more interesting challenging like i beat the first i beat the game i was like well that was fine but geez like that was always it felt like awfully simple compared to like what i expected from the game the back half opens and i was like oh my this is okay this is one of my favorite 3d mario platformers ever like and the embargo said yeah don't talk about that second half and i was like but that's the game that's the game <laughs> yeah so, so i didn't is- write a review for the embargo i just oh, waited wow. till i could until release like, because otherwise it was right. going to be like, so I didn't really like this game, but I loved this game. How do I explain that yep, dichotomy? Totally. What I, I will say is, thank, thankfully for me, I can just say, oh, I still didn't like this game. <laughs> like, it doesn't turn a corner as much as I wanted it to. It right. doesn't, it doesn't, there is no like back half where everything clicks into place narratively and mechanically. Um, so you're... So you're a rookie cop. You've joined a group called Noron. Noron hunts down chimera that have broken through from the astral plane and comes into our world and causes havoc. To some degree, especially early on, they do a little bit of that, like the same type of thing that you're describing in control. What hap- Why do people go missing sometimes? What is that strange you know, thing that people see down the hallway in the middle of the night? Could it be a chimera? Yeah, pr- probably. But they, they don't give you that sort of juice where it's like... Uh, here is something like mythological or something uh, that feels like a spooky or scary story. It's just like, wow, there's a big footprint in the ground. We got to track down that chimera and and kill it. (laughs) Um, uh, In this world, regular people can't see chimera. The, the, they are, they are things that only certain people can see either using a, a thing that's called like an iris, which is like a special cyber eye because it's a cyberpunk game. Or if you are the main character, and the, and the kind of the, the top tier of these neuron cops, uh, you get a thing called a legion. A legion is a chimera that has been, and this is literally the first cutscene of the game, summoned into our world and then instantly leashed with a collar around their neck. Um, a thing that they do not seem to like very much, uh, and then put into the employ or kind of outfitted on a neuron agent. In combat, uh, or in play, I guess, what this basically means is that you have uh, a second person on your L trigger. Your right trigger is how you do melee attacks, or you shoot your gun, but it's like Dante-style shooting your gun. You're just locked on. You're not really like, aiming. Mm-hmm. Uh, your left trigger... Um, will will like send your uh, equipped legion at an enemy you're targeting, or will uh, uh, 
give you direct control of it so that you can remi- reminder that it's like chained to you with this magical chain. You can wrap the chain around people or you can send it some distance away and then you can hit the right trigger at that point to jump to where it is, which lets you kind of like get past gaps or other obstacles. Um, and then and then over the course of the game, as you unlock more legions, they each there's only five of them. But as you unlock them, they each have like some other ability. So like mm-hmm. if you hit the left bumper with the first one, you have the sword legion, you'll cut through like energy wires, right? So if there's a door that's locked and there's like an energy thing, you know, that's that's uh, has giving it power, you can cut the energy line and then go through the door. Or if there's an enemy providing a shield to another enemy, you can cut the connection between the two. Um, uh, your main character doesn't speak for the whole game. I said this last, last time that it's a character action game with no character. <laughs> um, I finished the game since then. I stand by that entirely. Uh, again and again, the game wants you to to take to be serious about stakes or to think that like a big boss fight is supposed to mean something, but it is it always falls flat on its face. Um, it is none of that spectacle means anything because by twenty five percent of the way through the game, a quarter through the game, I had a build which, again, speaking about loot, uh, I. I was it was the right build for the rest of the game. I, I only got stronger as I got to equip more pieces of loot, but like it it was perfect. It was there was nothing it couldn't fight except for the occasional uh, uh, moment where I needed to briefly switch to another legion to use one of their special abilities. So, for instance, in the review that I I, I talk about the fact that um, there are some enemies maybe that like dig underground. You're fighting a big worm chimera, and so you switch to the beast legion, who's like your dog companion, and you dig up the creature from underground. But at that point, I'm just going to switch back to my sword legion, right. who I've dumped a ton of points into, who has an unbeatable build. And then I'm just going to hit R, you know, R2, 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 L2, R2, 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 L2, and that will get me an S plus rank. Um, the most frustrating thing for me about this game is not the narrative stuff, which I kind of written off earlier. It's not like the fact that it uh, that it fails to have a lot of style. It's that it does give you a, a, a toolbox that, if pushed maybe you would get inventive. If pushed to use it in cool ways, maybe I would have come away being like, oh, and I had that fight where I had to like quickly switch between a bunch of different Legion. And instead, I just basically spent the bulk of this game being able to safely button mash my way through encounters. The times that I didn't get an S plus rank were the times that I was like curious and <laughs> fucked around and got a B instead. Um, or were were like, the other type of thing that happens in this game, which is on top of being, I should actually slow down. Every mission has three phases. Every like every chapter of the game. You get a mission up top. Someone says, oh, there's a big chimera downtown. Reports say big chimera downtown. You got to go <laughs> investigate it. Uh, and so you go, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I will be right there. But first, I'm going to run around this police headquarters and talk to every NPC because sometimes they'll give me healing items or bu- or buffs or whatever. Right. Or they want me to, like, do a fetch quest for them inside of this building. And that's easy for me to do because I, like, I have a fast travel button. I can go to any of these floors instantly. <laughs> so, yeah, of course I'll bring the energy drink to your friend who's down the hall. Um, uh, so, you, I, you know, you talk to all these characters. Most of them are pretty flat. There are a couple of standout ones. Shoutouts to Marie, who is an officer who really can tell that the morale is low around the office. And so she dresses up like a giant like police dog in a mascot uniform <laughs> to bring joy to everyone. She's very good. Um, there are cats you can visit and feed. I'm pro cats. The, the cat feeding is fantastic. More games should let me rescue and feed cats, please. 
Um, the one thing it has over Fire Emblem. Absolutely. You can pet, you, well, it's not that you pet the cats, but you do feed the cats. You feed. Yeah, you and other characters pet them. the cats, and you can rescue them, etc. Then, once you're done doing your busy work at HQ, you deploy to whatever the like general area is. Maybe that's like a downtown shopping district. Um, maybe it is a, I'm thinking, trying to make sure I don't, I don't break embargo by describing one of these things. Maybe it's a garage. Maybe it's like a little residential area. Whatever. You go there. And it's filled with NPCs, um, and it's filled with side quests. Some of these are super, super brief side quests. Those are things that are like blue quests, and those are like as simple as, um, hey, that guy stole my purse. Chase him down and arrest him. Um, Sometimes they're kind of creative where you are – you know, solving riddles from children or uh, yeah, there was one where it was straight up someone someone stole someone's purse in the moment of this big chaos. And so using your legion, uh, because remember, people can't see chimeras. You can eavesdrop on people talking to themselves and talking to their friends to try to figure out who was the person who stole the purse. Right? Like, oh, I remember that he had on like headphones and an orange jacket. It's like, well, there's like five of those people. Which one of them is saying <clears throat> something that gives him away? Um, some of that stuff is cool. The, there are red side quests that are a little bit more, uh, a little bit bigger in length. Um, those include dialogue with NPCs. Those include like some side characters, and are but but rarely add more flavor to the world. In general, they always end with like, and then I'm going to travel into the astral plane to do a fight, and to do a fight basically again means R two R two R two L two R two R two R two L two over and over again. Um, and, and to be clear, there's like a lot in that combat model where you can tinker and add new abilities and add and, and invest and level up your legion. And, you know, do you want the special attack that automatically binds all enemies in your area with a magical chain? Or do you want the, the special ability that gives you speed boost? Or do you want the special ability that does an AOE attack? And like the answer ends up being like, eh, I don't need any of them. But that one looks cool, so I'll do that one. Um, any of this is this? Is there any chance this is like a three houses situation where like I'm playing the on the hardest. Di- I'm playing Fuck. on the hardest difficulty. Okay. Ugh, you unlock right. a harder difficulty after you complete <clears throat> each chapter. The oh, that's the, that is the <clears throat> only time. And so it's like the only way to play that difficulty on that level is to go back and play it. And no, it's already a, like a even if you skip side <sighs> stuff, if you skip every side thing. 15 hours maybe like it took me i'm in the post game there's like side stuff that i was doing so i'm 30 hours in Mm -hmm. i probably could have beaten this game at 25 hours doing the bulk of the side stuff it's too long and it's flavorless um and then the the final thing that happens here in the same thing is just to finish this like arc of you do all the side stuff you get into these fights that are boring um and and that feel like work they feel like busy work it's like oh don't make me fucking spend six minutes in a fight again that I'm gonna S, that I'm gonna S plus rank where the reward is more level up materials or <laughs> is an ability that I probably won't even look at because it won't be as good as super armor on this on this uh this legion um the final step is the game, like the story happens when it's, when you're finally ready, you go and you, you go do the story mission. You get a cutscene. you know, the, your friends are in trouble or, Hey, the chimera went that way. The chimera, you know, at this point you've probably fought 50 chimera, chimera other chimeras <laughs> in side zones. Uh, but the one you're here for went that way and you get into a boss fight or you, you, I mean, more specifically, the thing that happens is the game becomes about exploration and traversal through a linear dungeon, either in the real world that has been like corrupted by chimeric activity or in the astral plane. Each of your legions has like a mobility option. Um, they all can do the thing where they run somewhere and then you kind of jump to them. 
Uh, but some of them do things like uh, have a shield to protect you from incoming fire or let you hover over like gross like acid ground stuff or the dog. You can get on the back of the dog and it will like run. You'll like run really quick, which means that like when the floor is disappearing out from under you, you can run over it. But all that stuff is so formulaic that it just feels like keys and locks. Mm. It doesn't feel like improvisation. It doesn't feel like you're deciding anything. It's just like, oh, okay, I guess I have to use the Legion that can run really fast now for this segment where you run really fast. And it's not like nothing about it has that sort of flair that character action games do where you're like, I'm running down the side of a fucking building. Like, no, you're in the astral plane, all of which looks the same. It's all like weird, like digital haunted effect. It's the same one for the entire game. The astral plane always looks the same. Um, And so it's just like, it's everything is so much longer than it needs to be because it's so repetitive because it's only playing from that same palette the entire game and because it's never encouraging you to experiment or to like once you have a build that works that's the build once I had a legion that was like leveled up all the way I barely touched my other legions except for when it was like oh with this fight I need to shoot these guys with arrows three times so I'll switch to the archer legion shoot them three times to bring them to the ground then switch back to my good legion and finish them off and because it's so formula, it's not – the thing I keep thinking about is something like um, – honestly, stuff like first-person shooters or even something like it sounds like with control. There are moments in 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 uh, video games where you can make a hard demand or a soft demand of the player. A hard demand is like, all right, this is the only way you can go forward. Put the key in the lock. And the key could be – You know, in a video game, it can be like, hey, uh, this enemy takes no damage from physical weapons. You have to use magic, magic weapons. And so use magic weapons. There are also sort of soft demands that you can make that encourage players to to attempt a couple of different solutions. I think about something like first person shooters here where it's like, well, do I want to use a long range rifle or do I want to use like an SMG and get up close? Each of them has their benefits. A specific encounter might prefer one or the other, but you, the player, can kind of come at it a couple of different ways. Uh. Astral Chain only has hard demands and they're brief. It doesn't do that that soft thing where it's like, oh, well, uh, I, I should probably use the Axe Legion here, but the Sword Legion is my favorite or, ooh, I think I'd be able to get through this quicker if I went to the Beast Legion. That that brings you in as, as to use your word, Rob, a collaborator where you're like, ah, my I made a cool tactical decision. I made a cool decision as this character to bring to bear the, the specific strategy I had in mind. Instead, it's just like <clears throat> the ones literally marked with the icon of the Legion that you need to use to make them vulnerable, switch to the Legion and do that. And then after that, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. If you like the big heavy one that can throw stuff, I don't know, use that one. Um, and it's just like, ha, it's so frustrating because all of the pieces are there to make an action game that would have made me at least interested in the action component, even if I was rolling my eyes at the police procedural at the heart of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, it bites Ava so hard that it's like... <laughs> I can't I can't talk. I literally cannot talk about some of the ways it does. But like, yo, it is it is like so many story beats are just Evangelion story beats um, uh, and d- delivered worse, delivered without any without any investment. Oh, to great. That, to, to the degree that like, even if you were, <laughs> I guess, like maybe delivered better because if you don't have the investment, you just kind of go like, oh, OK, sure. But uh-huh. like, bruh, it ain't good. <laughs> Um, this, this is, uh, it's, it's unfortunate given that, uh, so I didn't play the original Bayonetta, although I yeah. like bought it when they ported it to Switch, I have a meaning to go back to it, and I think I will when they announce Bayonetta, well, they've announced Bayonetta 3, but it's not clear when mm-hmm. that's actually coming. Um, 
like Band of Two is like a <clears throat> like all time, all time. Like it's a classic. Like it it is just in uh, as a character action game, it like hits every single beat um, to a T. And but also what it does tremendously well is that so some character action games. Uh, will cater towards like a much more hardcore audience. Yeah. You know, like, look, you know, the Devil May Cry series like did that, especially um, maybe as a series as a whole, but like certainly like three, four, five were like very, like, you know, like very much about like highly finesse technical expertise in combat in which you are uh, the, the judging that it's doing is like tr- true judging in terms of like, how well you're actually understanding and elaborating on the combat system tools that are yes. put in front of you. Elaborating Bayonetta, is a great word. Um, Bayonetta had that as well. And yet, especially, I think, Bay- I don't know if it was in the original Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2 has like a, a like easy mode component in which um, a lot of the super moves, the combos that you do because you're chaining together all the, the tools that are put in front of you just happen automatically. You just button mash and it looks cool as hell and you can enjoy the spectacle without having to graduate to like a combat 201. You can right. you can stick at just hitting those buttons and you can enjoy all the other parts of Bayonetta that are also tremendous because it isn't just a great combat action game. Yes. It is it is is joyous to look at. The characters are fun. It's an interesting world. Um and it it, it it a lot it operates on so many different levels and is competent at all those different levels and then allows it to play to such a large audience and it seems like a little bit with Astral Train Chain has fallen into is not thinking not 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 learning those lessons and applying them to its own mechanics. It sounds like it's not necessarily that like the combat is bad. It's that how they are utilized relative to the enemies you're put up against yeah. and what you're being tasked to do as the player is not challenging. Like if you could hand over astral chain to a modder who like went and modified a bunch of values and like switch things around, there's a way to take with what they've done and make it more interesting and push the player to do more interesting things. Like lock out your sword character. Like actually Please. you've been ignoring your, you've been ignoring your other ones. Like good luck. This fight is going to suck now. Right. Um, of course you can always seems- pause the game and immediately upgrade them, which is what I would do whenever I was like, Oh, I got to shoot a thing with an archer. Well, I have all of this unused XP that I've been, <laughs> sitting sure. on anyway that blah 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 but but no and you're but it right. just and seems like they're like it's not it's, you don't have it's to not as though like they're bad ideas it, it's it's good ideas implemented poorly yes. and part of that is not necessarily thinking through the way a combat system can scale along different skill sets and what are different reasons for people to play these games because these games attract such a different audience I, that is expecting different things and this game seems to mash them all together and the the idea that you're not unlocking the additional difficulty levels till after you beat the level once is so bad and like such a misread of how people play these games. I just want to underscore, I am not like a a uh, like fighting or a, uh, a character action masochist where I have to play in the hardest difficulty. Right. I am not even like a character action pro. I don't play most of these games. I play the ones that that break through that people are like, wow, you have to play this one. And I enjoy them, but I rank badly. Like I'm, <laughs> I happily get a D all the way through a Devil May Cry game or whatever right. where I'm like, yeah, but it looked fucking dope. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like the story was cool. The characters are cool. It was ridiculous. When you still progress, you beat it, but you don't like... Right. There's still there's still a scale that you can like cross to like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm beating it. But like, I, I'm not I, doing what like the game wants me to or do. Or the still other like kind of the other thing that happens in those games is every now and then you get the S rank every now and then you're like, right. yo, it all came together. I feel dope. I feel like I, I earned that. 
I didn't earn a single S plus in this fucking game. I was, you know what I mean? Like, I can't even be, right. it's like I got all A's on my report card, but I had easy classes. So like, <laughs> my dad is like, you want to go get pizza? And I'm like, I guess, I guess I'll celebrate. <laughs> like, no, you shouldn't buy me Mech Warrior Mercenaries too because I didn't earn it. This was easy I'll shit, I'll play dad. it though. I I'll will play it. it. Like, I, you know, it I will play it. <laughs> Um, like the thing, the thing that that kills me the most about this is that I it could have earned me any of these different directions. If it had cool character designs, if the enemies were really cool, if the story was was like really interesting, or if it had hit, you know, if it had hit more of the thing that it hits in a couple of chapters in this game that I can't talk about <laughs> the whole time, then it, it right. I would have looked past a lot of it in the same way that like. You know, I'm bad at Bayonetta. She fights on a jet. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, I I would love a, a game that leans into Ghost in the Shell and specifically the Ghost in the Shell uh, uh, anime series. I like the, the movies also a lot. But the series is a great uh, way to show that, like, the police procedural can not just be rah-rah cops, yeah. but instead can be a show uh, that spends, that takes that perspective to take a look at like corrupt government officials, the ways in which a social safety net have holes in them, the ways in which policing and law enforcement are not a, uh, a single use or a, a universal fit for solving the problems in communities. And there's like a little tiny bit of that here and it works. Like it fully works when it was willing to commit to that, but it's so small and so brief and it's so willing to leave those characters behind to return to like the dry ass cops that are the bulk of the story that it ends up kind of shooting itself in the foot because it reveals briefly what a better game it could have been. And also to, to the other mm. point, uh, you're right that the core combat isn't broken. It's just the implementation is bad. The, there's a post game where you can do additional like cases uh, and those have been challenging and have, I still get an S rank on them and S plus on them, but I, but I feel like I earned them. There are moments in them where I'm like, right. I'm a little fucking overwhelmed right now. Like even with <laughs> the best, even where I'm using my best shit, there are still enough things happening that I'm like dodging in the, in the right moment. And even with the best build I have with all the best like uh, abilities, I have passive abilities I have equipped. They're still pushing me to the brink of needing to pay close attention uh, and not just have a podcast on while I, while I, you know, go yeah. through the dungeon or whatever. And it's really, really surprising and strong that like that stuff is there after me playing 30 hours of mediocre content. And I wish some of it had made its way into the main game. Um, and I should also just briefly say that like it is never really critical. I, so coming into this game, there had been a quote from the director that was like, I think that the game uh, – someone at Polygon I, – I forget who offhand um, – in an interview – I feel bad for not remembering remembering who it was. Um, basically, it was like, hey, policing in the U.S. right now is having a moment. We are having lots of discussions about the the police uh, and the role that they play. Um, and I think that, that the the person who asked that, uh, who was Chris, I think it was Chris Plant, actually, um, uh, didn't didn't mention, and I'm not like blaming Chris for this by any means or dragging Chris. Is that a similar similar conversations or additional conversations are happening in Japan about policing right now? Policing in Japan is in a weird place because of the low crime rate, uh, which is but but the the fact that those police uh, agencies are still super well funded and well uh, uh, well uh, they have big rosters of cops, and so like the cops have gotten extremely over. Um, Overambitious with what they consider a crime, uh, they're finding stuff to do, so to speak. Uh, they are they are like 
you know, setting up sting operations to arrest people who steal a case of beer. That style of ridiculous over-policing is happening in Japan and has been written about by Japanese journalists, right? This is not a thing that I'm like, my weird lefty bullshit. This is a conversation happening in Japan. They're, they're bait-carring yeah, yeah, yeah. the entire society. Yeah, exactly yeah. that, right? Because like, well, what else are we supposed to do with our time? We want to we wanna do cop shit. Um, and the director of the game said, like, well, you know, uh, I don't think there's uh, – this is the quote. Well, I don't think there's people within Japan who have an extreme view on the police department. Uh, through this game, we want to give the police the image of being a hero. You can't do things in this game like hurt people. Uh, we want to have the player feel like they're being heroic as they progress through the game. Also, I think it'd be good, too, if you generally have a negative image of the police, uh, but you play through this game that your image or opinion of the police changes as a result of playing this game. So I knew uh, – listen, I, I don't ex- – I do not expect Japanese developers to necessarily – be able to answer a question like this mm-hmm. with great nuance. I, I would love it if they did, uh, but, I, but I'm not surprised that the director of this game is not like up on Western police discourse right now. Uh, I do wish that there had been some reference to the current conversation in Japan. But regardless, my point is I came into this game knowing that it would be like rah-rah cops and making peace with that to some degree. You know, I, I, it is the job, it is my job to review video games most of them have fucked politics. Very few of them are like, yeah, wow, this is a nuanced look at, at like political hegemony, right? Um, uh, but what I didn't expect was for it to not engage with one of its core questions at all. This is a game that opens with a, one of these chimera being leashed. And it's like, oh shit, like it's clearly a person in the sense that it is you know, it's rendered like a human. It's a humanoid being that has a face, a face that can grimace and that can be upset. And it is collared. It is like a collar and a fucking chain are put around it. It does not want to be doing this. And also it's being done immediately by someone who looks shady as shit, right? Like this is not a game that dances around the fact that the weird scientist dude is a, is a creepo, right? Like it's immediately <laughs> like, Oh, that's a Gendo. That's a that's fucking <laughs> Gendo right there. Oh, within the first like two chapters, he's talking to weird obelisks. That's a Gendo. I don't trust this motherfucker. And yet the game never elucidates us in any way about what the, uh, about that, what the Legion are or what they're thinking or whether or not we should think about them as people. It doesn't want to explore any of those questions in any way. I suspect it's setting up a sequel of some sort, uh, but it's like not a question. It's I was so ready for a third act twist of like, a, you know, the, the sort of story that you can imagine that comes from a game that starts with chaining something up. And then, like Aladdin, by the end, you realize friendship was the key or some bullshit, right? <laughs> and it's like not interested in that in any way, in any way. It was shocking to me that it didn't want to engage with what one of the most, like, potent premises of the of the work was. And so, like, I ended up being really frustrated by its its refusal to even to, – to either tackle things head on or else be stylish and cool – and cinematic and challenging, like it could also, fall into the, either the, the of those game, things. The game, our our beloved near, like right. that was like the 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 core of that game. Yeah, in so many ways, was like, oh, like oh, they're rob robots. I not no. I mean, right. yes, yes, but like, but what does what that is mean? It? What's and that it's mean? Like, it's a little. And I like, and I, I don't it, expect every game to be near automata, which is like 
But no, we don't need to talk. Be, we don't need to have suicide robots in like every one of our games. Right. But we don't. Uh, it, it's uh, we definitely don't. Like that does not, <laughs> not need to be a trend. Do not. But um, but 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 it's 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 surprising that it would open with something that uh, even if it's like ah, oh, we're just gonna be rah rah anime and like right. check your expectations that it's gonna be like super deep at the door. Even in even in that, there is a space f- to be explored that would probably totally. have given the story like more weight. Um, that, but it doesn't help that there's like no. It doesn't, it doesn't help that the main character doesn't speak. Like it's so. I know I hit this point last week, but it's so ridiculous that I'm playing a character action game and I can't tell you a single thing about the character I'm playing besides like she's determined to win. I I don't know anything <laughs> about her. I don't know what her style is. I don't know, like how she quits. Is she sad that she has this leashed monster on her? Like that would have been even who knows. Even a a character just being like, yeah, that is. Does she like Like hamburgers? (laughs) Is she rude to people? Is she like when I think about Two B? When I think about Nine S? When I think about Bayonetta? When I think about Dante? When I think about Raiden? When I think about all of the? When I think about Kratos? Well, you you don't think about them. They are they are key. They are like they're called character action games ah, for a reason. It's so frustrating, man. And like, again, this comes down to this thing about that, that I think about when you're describing Control, which is like, it sounds like what Control had was a core premise and then a team dedicated to like iterating on that premise and being like, oh, cool, what are some cool stories we can tell given this world? And this, the only iteration feels like it's in, it's in like enemy design, in, in their visual design. I'm not, there aren't a bunch of cool stories about the way different Chimera have impacted the world. There aren't a bunch of cool stories about the way Legion did this, this, and that. There is one chapter that is fantastic, and <laughs> like not I would take a whole game of it. And that, and that chapter, I just want to be clear, is not like... Again, this isn't me being like Austin is a lefty and so that is the fuck the cops chapter. It's just a chapter that is good. It is just a chapter that like has some cool characters in it who never show up again, basically, uh, that are like developed by the 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 world. Yeah. Even by the standards of like copaganda type shows, most of like there are still a lot of great shows that fit that model, right? That still like deal, maybe sentimentally deal with like these are the dilemmas of the people who like work these <laughs> right. streets. Like, give me fucking cyberpunk, astral plane, Southland, give, for instance. Like, me, just give me that. Give me, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, oh my God, why am I blanking on the, 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 the uh, homicide. Give me, give me cyberpunk, yeah. s- you know, sci-fi fantasy homicide. But uh, you, honestly, you don't even need that. You're right. Southland is even, is even like middle of the road would have been fine here. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she's a, she's a cop with a good, with a good heart. You know, that would have been enough for me. Um, uh, and and instead, it's just like every chapter you get burdened with an NPC who is the one who speaks and a different one. It sounds like it doesn't even hit them. the beats. No. It doesn't even hit the beats of the genre. And that's that's uh, it. Hits like, some of the beats too clean is what I'll say. <laughs> they really like Evangelion, Rob. They really do. And it's unbelievable. It is like <laughs> it is. I told Kato some stuff before, which is why Kato is laughing. <laughs> yeah. They really do, and it's fine, and it's it's like, uh, this is a game that in my heart, I think people will be hard-pressed to remember the name of in three years. Like, it, do you know what I Bayonetta mean? Bayonetta 3 will be out, and it's and going to be <laughs> one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, if you are, if you're listening and you're like, I was really looking forward to another character action game, like, here is my advice to you. Don't invest in one Legion to make it powerful. 
And you're like, I'm going to buy this anyway. Like, that's that's the person you are, to be clear. The person who's like, I'm looking forward to another Platinum game. I'm going to buy it. I like Platinum. My advice to you is to, like, do your best to make yourself weaker in this game. <laughs> Invest in all of the Legions instead of only in the, in the first one that you get. And, uh, and specifically avoid anything that makes your sync attacks stronger, anything that lets you heal over time or heal when you're doing damage or heal when you do sync attacks. Uh, I guess... Ignore the thing where whenever you kill any chimera, the primary enemy type in the game, you can hit the A button and instantly recover all of your fucking health every time that you kill one. You're fighting dozens of these, which means even if you get tapped a few times, you're going to heal at the end of every fight that has a chimera in it, which again is like 80% of the fights in this game. Um, definitely don't equip anything that gives you anti-stun or anti-freeze or anti, you know, anything that gives you, you like super armor in the, in the, in the fighting game parlance that lets you kind of fight through being hit because <laughs> you will just end up destroying every enemy in this game. Um, it, it is, it is a game that like, I want, I, I wanted to be better because I wanted to be surprised and because I like the the teams on it. Like there are some great people. There are some people who've made great games on this game. I don't mm. know if they're great people. I don't know them. Um, <laughs> but I but they've made good games before. There 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 are people attached to this that I'm like, oh wow, great resume. Uh, and to to end up feeling like the world was so flat and to feel to end up feeling like this is a forgettable game in from a company that has made great games. Is frustrating. Um, you know. Speaking of great resumes, yeah, hmm. Patrick, what? Patrice Desolet. <laughs> well, we are we? Do you have anything new on ancestors? I don't know. We yeah, we we actually Rob, we talked about it. that was a great setup. That was a great <laughs> was a setup. Fantastic one. For, I saw where you were going. I, that we had on Friday's you. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you? So you haven't put any more time. You're done with it. I think uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, so I, I put my my, my write up of ancestors, which is not too dissimilar to uh, the the tone and tenor of our conversation from uh, Friday, a game that I uh, I have a, a like a, a certain respect for in its ambition, even though I think that doesn't excuse some of the problems that it has. But I think it is a game that will greatly benefit from being in the world, and yeah. I mean that in the sense of. A community can build around it. You can talk to people about it. I think it's a game that posits itself as, hey, you just jump in here and you figure it out. And that, I I couldn't do that. Like, I couldn't cop to that. And I would have been far more interested in, like, checking Reddit, checking message boards, talking to friends and being like, oh, I can do that? Oh, my gosh. Like, then taking just like one tiny tip and then like using that to open up. I think that the, like the line I used in, in the piece to sort of like, uh, let me find it. Cause it's the sort of like conceptualizes my, um, yeah, I wrote, uh, da, da, da. so this, this paragraph, I think this is the one you plucked out Austin, um, on Twitter is, uh, it's a, it's a process that sounds so freaking cool on paper. While the individual moments are undeniably satisfying, they often prove to be a brief oasis and a larger, uh, desert of frustration, only coming hours after uh, fruitless investment. It ignores the many times I started over completely because I wondered if I'd missed some tutorial tip that would provide a sense of direction. It ignores how the game's interface, however purposely limited, is often inscrutable to the point of making the accomplishment of basic tasks hard to understand. And this is sort of like my, my main feeling on the game is it ignores how the game's admirable desire to capture the player's imagination runs up against how difficult it is to grasp the possibility space when the game doesn't help conceptualize it. And that's ultimately like the, yeah. the rub I had with Ancestors was that uh, it wasn't that um, I couldn't even if you can't imagine that you can do something, 
then it's frustrating to learn later in a, a video, a highlight reel that you're looking up of the game. It's like, oh, I could take a stick and put it near a rock and it does stuff. And I think if the game and I think I mentioned this on the podcast on Friday was that if it just had 20 minutes where it just ran you through some real basics, it doesn't have to explain the arc of evolution, but just gave you a sense of like, what is the possible? Because um, I think people are going to find that by talking to other people. Yeah. I think people are going to find that by looking on on Reddit. And maybe that's what the game wants to do. But um, like they, it felt like such a betrayal in a game that says, we're not going to help you and you need to figure it out. And that's the point of this game to then also like check my email and next to the review code is like a 35 page review guide that explains like in-depth detail about various mechanics, which as soon as I realized that's what the review guide was, I turned it off because I, I, that was cheating. Like that felt like that was not taking the game on like at face value for like what it was saying. Like there's a reason like Patrice in interviews when are asked like, what are the mechanics of this game? He doesn't want to talk about it like that to then read a review guide. That's like, here's what the mechanics of the game are. Like, seems like that's not like they're worried. They're explaining that, Really, the PR people are worried they're going to get a bunch of reviews that are people confused on how to play the game, which is funny because I think that's I think that's what Patrice wants. Like uh, uh, that seems like that's the intent of the game, and so I think that's such a, a weird thing because like this is the like this archetype exists, but it like exists for games that like, have these early access periods, right? This right. is kind of the. Uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago, oxygen not included model of like, right. hey, this is a really like systems intensive, inscrutable game. And one, it's going to be changing as people play it because it's still being built. And two, part of the experience of the game is looking at guides and looking at forum threads yeah. of people experiencing this exact same problem. But then it seems like it goes to this really traditional release and reviews process that disables all of that and what you're left with is something that is by design inscrutable i'm also not convinced this is this is the weird thing i was reading your impressions piece of it and there was a part of me that was thinking this sounds fascinating like this like figuring out how this game works and sort of exploring what my character can eventually do, what what or what my characters can eventually do. Sounds really fascinating, but if the process of that discovery is mostly you just beating your forehead bloody against wall after wall, then it kind of doesn't matter how satisfying it is when one of them eventually cracks and comes down, right? Like Yeah, and that, and that was generally like my my experience with it was like the moments of revelation that quickly evaporated because in a traditional game, you know, you then it's like, oh, you open this and now X, Y, Z can occur. And often with this, it felt like, oh, I did this. I have no idea what to do with this revelation, which again, like it's the thing I struggled with, like feels thematically appropriate for the aims of the game. And like, it almost feels like the, 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 the version of the game that has, you can turn off all the UI, you can turn off all the, the limited yeah. tutorial stuff it does have, it feels like a game that actually wanted to be that, like that the yeah. tutorials themselves are a aggressive concession to like a more pure game that it wants to be, but realizing that that would not be palatable to like a, a, a much of an audience. Um, but I think that ends up muddling the game's message and ends up muddling it for a player like myself who, okay, like you gave me some tutorial tips, 
but you didn't give me enough to understand what I can really do. So I actually would have been better off if you just didn't explain anything. And then maybe I would have taken the game from a different angle and realized like, oh, nothing is going to be like literally nothing will be explained to me. I, I don't know that I would have arrived at a different space, but it would have been a more honest version of the game, which you can't again, like I should be clear, you can play that game from the start. You can go ahead and turn all that stuff off and you can just get dropped into the world and figure it out from there. Um, but I, my guess is most people will bounce off this or it, it'll be a great stream game, like mm-hmm. watching people kind of like play with it. And I think if you get invested in a community of people there, it doesn't make up for like the platforming not being that great. It doesn't make up for the interface being difficult to understand. Like there are major revelations that I didn't come across until later because I just didn't understand that that button did that. And like, that's not a lack of evolution. That's the font being too small and the icon switching around in ways that don't convey like <laughs> what's supposed to happen. Um, they're maybe not enough. If you evolved more, you'd get better. icons. maybe, well, maybe it's such a goofy central metaphor. It's this idea of like evolution as an adventure game puzzle where it's like, I'm just going to use this object on yeah. this problem and <laughs> see right. what happens. And like the thing that you're short circuiting there is like, <laughs> dude, animals have good senses. Like the thing is like, yes, that like things like humans stumbled onto solutions to problems, but also a lot of times there was like some biological guidance as to like, hmm, this seems like it would be a useful idea, but your description of like, damn, I'm bleeding out. And just like, <laughs> trying different shit <laughs> on your on your like because the game doesn't give you any sense of like that feels good yes that alleviates the pain yes that appears to like clean the wound it doesn't really give you any feedback like that it's right. just like oh there is a thing you're supposed to do to address this problem you don't know what it is but uh why don't you run around and look just take a look around. Why don't you like rub that wound against some <laughs> like, shit and see what happens? Will this rock ape heal a little me? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, but I give an ancient ape a little more credit that it would do a little more than what I did the first time. It was like, look at a gaping wound, just sleep for 18 hours, and then just die in the middle of the night. Like I feel like he would have would have been a little more experimental or like had some ideas, but because the game like the, the, I didn't talk about this as much in, in, in the podcast, but like your main interface is like, you know, you hit the Y button on the controller and then it brings up like all these boxes that you're like sort of like filling in by focusing on. Sure. And so you spend a lot of the game just like looking around and filling in a box and it's like, that's a plant you already know. Cool. Box, box, box. And like every five feet you go, there's 60 new boxes. Um, and it does seem that as you unlock some more cognitive abilities, that some of that stuff may fill in automatically where it becomes like previous knowledge that just gets filled in like into the space rather than you having to identify it. But it's like, okay, so you're trying to simulate what this ape could really do. And so are you trying to tell me that what the ape can do is from a, from 100 yards out, it can see what that plant is, <laughs> but it can't figure out what to do when it's bleeding and it's uh, it's a curious game. I'm I'm like in so many ways glad it was like, I'm so excited to read what other people think of it. Cause I'm not going to be shocked if people have like wholly contrarian, like where they are like, this game is a revelation. It is like the most incredible thing. Like I won't be surprised. I think it's a game that you cannot play without having an opinion. Like it's meant to be polarizing in a way that um, is exciting and Although I will probably never play this again, like I'm glad that what Patrice came back with after like Assassin's Creed Two 
was like just something genuinely strange and ambitious and bold. Like there's nothing about this game that isn't trying something. Right. And for for like Patrice's two paths to have been like stay at Ubisoft and get on the treadmill of Assassin's Creed every year. And I know that like he took a weird path to get here, but like to end it at something like this that is like truly trying to do something different, like that's cool. Like I don't just because a game doesn't click for you doesn't mean it wasn't like well worth the experiment because I think it'll find an audience that will adore it. And I'll be like, my guess is I'll be writing about this game even if I'm not playing it. Right. Totally. I hope so. I hope it's that. I hope it's that and not like so off-putting out the gate that it doesn't get that critical mass. Because it's one of those things, games like that often need like enough people to maintain a community. You know, you don't, you don't get the back and forth like, oh, how do I do this? Or, oh, I discovered I could do this with a rock without there being enough people to actually have that conversation with. Um, uh, so I hope it gets that. I, I am with you in that I think that we're in a weird place right now because I think a lot of us write reviews about games like that and go like, well, what – what the, f- what the fuck? How was I? <laughs> but the actual play experience is about being on wikis. It's about being in message boards. It's about being in discords increasingly. It's a huge part why I, I distanced my, like, other than this like having a, review, a volatile right? reaction to the game, right. I had to walk back wanting to write a review because like, I don't think my experience is going to reflect, all I can do is reflect on my personal reaction to it, but that feels misrepresentative of right. what the game is going to be. like, And that's always like every review is a bottled situation that is not exactly like the quote unquote average person is going to experience something. But this one felt like so disconnected that like to do a review would be something where you had to let it get into the world and then you revisit it, you know, a week or two in yeah. once you get a broader sense of, of, of chatting with people and seeing how the community responds to it. Cause it just felt like, that was what the game was going for. And to, to, to then quote unquote, re- put a review label on it, which however arbitrary that may be, feels fundamentally different than just saying like, here are my impressions after five hours. And I didn't, it didn't do much for me. Um, it just didn't feel fair. Uh, Cause it didn't feel like that's how the game is going to be played by a lot of people. So right. we'll see. I'm definitely curious to follow how it goes, but um, yeah. Uh, I, it is the thing I think about a lot, right now because the not only not only because of games like so I'm playing Remnant right now I've mentioned this Remnant from the Ashes uh, mm-hmm. a game that tries to take a lot from the Soul series um, not only because a game like that feels like it especially lives on message boards and on wikis because of the way that it um, the way that it has so many different paths that that your game can go down because of the proc gen stuff and the different bosses and blah 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 but because of uh weirdly something like fire emblem um fire emblem is a game where like i think i played that whole game through i'm happy i wrote a review of it i'm happy that i like i'm content with what i wrote i think i stand by everything i wrote but one of the things that the review failed to to take uh take into consideration and couldn't because it hadn't happened yet is the joy I get from Fire Emblem memes. Um, <laughs> like I, I know this is a weird diversion, but like, have y'all read the the incredible um, like Fire Emblem characters tweet or on Twitter thread? No. Oh my god, I'm gonna link it to you. It's long. It's by uh, Twitter user Coolfest1999, uh, and it's just like 
the funniest shit. And it only happens. I mean, I'm not taking away from Cool Fest 1999, aka Limp Biscuits, uh, incredible, <laughs> incredible uh, uh, tweets here. Like they're all very funny, but. The idea that a game can be can exist and can produce joy for me beyond the moment I put down the controller is something hard to anticipate, but that is built in with this thing we talked about with with Astral Chain, which is like a, a game can have the potential to do more than what it does originally by having cool characters, right? There's incredible uh, near fan art out there because those characters are dope. There's there's incredible funny fanfic that come from games like Fire Emblem, and I, I definitely classify these incredible uh, fake <laughs> fake tweets as fanfic uh, because these characters are so well rendered in the game that they have such you know bold uh, 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 identities that you're able to extract out uh, you know funny jokes and and interactions between them. From those original, like, well, they're both broad and specific, right? Like, they're, they're, yes. broad, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's specific enough that they are, they are true characters that feel like they have a palette and, and strengths and weaknesses and interest and interesting parts, but it's also broad enough that then the community can do all sorts of things around them that feel true, um, while also like giving a real playful space to the community to interpret, like, what those characters do in their God. off time or how they braid each other's hair yes. or, or things like Lysithia, that. Lysithia from the Golden Deer crew being like, you know, you all look like morons with your cartoon slash anime slash video game avies, right? Try growing up for a change because <laughs> she is so self-conscious about being so young and then having like a, a K-pop uh, icon instead. Mwah! It's so good and so real. <laughs> and for me, like I... I I wouldn't go back and change my review to include this, but I think about um, I think about this this phrase uh, that um, uh, John McGrath I think actually originally said I think it was John McGrath or maybe it was I don't it was it was someone uh, said that you start playing a game the first time you hear about it. And that that play continues indefinitely, right? It doesn't end when the credits hit. It doesn't end when you put the controller down. You, you, you're kind of in that mode so long as you're in that mode. As long as, as, long as you're like thinking about the ideas, as long as you're, you're conceptualizing strategies, as long as you're thinking about funny things the characters could be doing, you are in a playful mode inside of the realm of that game. And maybe it's not as specific as I'm holding a controller and doing R2, 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 L2. But actually, sometimes my favorite moments with video games are the things that come after, are the things that are around that original experience. It's, it's Lorecraft with friends about uh, about Kingdom Hearts more than playing <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Or it's thinking about the the different ways you could be you know, talking to a friend about beating a boss in Dark Souls uh, more than it is necessarily beating that boss in Dark Souls. Um, and, and I want games that are flavorful and characterful so that you can do that sort of thing. And like at the end of the day, that is why something like like uh, 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 control is gonna would, is more appealing to me than something like Astral Chain or even something like Ancestors ex is exciting for me to hear about because it feels like it's going to be community driven. It it feels like it's hopefully going to be the sort of game that creates that that audience around it that makes it come alive in the telling, if not in the playing for you or me, Patrick. I haven't played it. Just to be clear, maybe I would love it. Who knows? Right? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, Rob just sent me this tweet that I guess is supposed to be in the voice of Manuela. <laughs> or I guess someone talking about Manuela. My boss, who is a grown woman with children my age, just whispered, quote, oh, this is going to be so fucking efficient before spraying Febreze directly into the ceiling fan and proceeding to cough her guts out when it blew back in her face. 
God. My favorite. Okay, so my favorite she thing. She would in this, do that. She would do that. Uh, my favorite thing in this in this Twitter thread is a fake tweet from from Dimitri. Rob, uh, your boy Dimitri, uh, aka at Bladed Bladed, uh, <laughs> Bladed being his last name. Many of you do not know this, but to do, despite the confines of his rigorous training regimen, sets aside several hours each Tuesday without fail to tend to the greenhouse. As tribute, I'd like to propose a weekly holiday of sorts for the Blue Lion. To Tuesday, my idea is that is to use each coming Tuesday as an opportunity to appreciate our peers' contributions to our academy and monastery, especially those of my most beloved friends. If you approve this idea, please respond. Happy to Tuesday, and then it is a bunch of people. It is Ash and Annette and and uh, Mercy and the and Byleth, whose Byleth, whose Twitter icon is a fish that says around it, "Born to fish, forced to work." Uh, all saying happy to Tuesday. Uh, I love it so much. Uh, Claude at Cloud Strife, Claude Strife, FF7, with <laughs> whose icon is the Parappa the Rapper face looking schemy, and over top of it it says scheming, uh, saying, I don't give a fuck if this is supposed to be Blue Lion's only thing. Happy goddamn to Tuesday. You're a legend. <laughs> Me. So good. I love it. And that for me is part of the game. Like we get this because Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses is so has so many great characters. And I want to applaud. I want to applaud Dudu and all of uh, all of Fire Emblem for for sticking the landing on that. Uh, and we want more games like that. I want the games that that generate new scary stories and that generate you know uh, uh, stories after the fact. I want No Man's Sky, where like for years now, Gita Jackson has been reporting on all the cool shit that comes out of No Man's Sky. It just also was a transformative thing when it comes to doing reviews like this, because like who knows? Who knows what the life of a game might have uh, after after it, it hits the store shelves? It is such a different time for so many games like this. Um, I think that's going to do it for us today, unless, Kato, you've been up on it. anything. Do you have to say anything else in defense of Destiny 2 before we go? Is there any... How was that? Have you transferred characters? I, I, I did. I haven't actually tried to play on PS4 because I'm too damn busy grinding that game. You're too damn busy grinding oh, to play on a different platform? What do you? No, what? no, no, no. What? No, this has nothing to do with the transfer. That sounds like some cool story oh, shit. Is that like God. a new story? No, this is fucking yeah. Christ. Yeah, sounds... Every summer, there's a lull between whatever happens in May and whatever happens in the fall. Yeah, we, all, they, we all work in video games. They Kata. fucking... Yeah, Bungie, <laughs> Bungie does too. <laughs> 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 fucking... They have this thing God, where never you coming on do this a bunch again. of you do a bunch of tasks a lot of times and then you get a shirt because you did. <laughs> oh my God! What are you doing to yourself? Look, I have all of these shirts starting from the first. I one. I want you to write down the words you just said. You do you just a- sit with them for just a little while. My oh, old roommate <laughs> was religious about collecting those fucking shirts. <laughs> Are they cool shirts? Yeah, they're pretty neat. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like every every time one was delivered, I was like, damn, that should be my life. <laughs> I should do that. Well, it can be coming up. Oh, huge thing that I think didn't get talked about ever, but if you ever were curious about Destiny, another reason why Shadowkeep is going to be really great uh-huh. is that um, they're giving everyone a, a, a boost, like no matter what. So if you have... Um, if you have old characters that you like never leveled through any of the other DLCs, everything is being boosted up to the current max. Okay. For all your characters. So 
good reasons to come back. Should do it. How am I supposed to? I I disagree. Yeah. It's like okay, cool. I have all these abilities unlocked. What do any of them do? Yeah. Well, no, I mean there aren't that many. That's the thing. That's yeah. that's part of the issue with Destiny is that the there aren't that many abilities. So what Fair. you have to do is make uh, like try to like break the game through other means and through <laughs> exotics. Um, that's the one thing you'll be missing out on, is though, right? Is like yeah. w- weapons and armor that do cool things. Like you'll still have to. But like immediately, I'll find a green that is. Does more damage than any previous exotic, anyway, right? Uh, no, the Did they fix that. Well, here's the thing. Here's the, it's like, yeah, like the the numbers will still start going up. Yeah, but the the thing about exotics is that they do things that other guns yeah, don't totally. do. They're right? cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah, you yeah. just put the green one into the exotic uh, right. to make the number go up, right? right. Um, and they're not changing any of of. Like nothing is getting locked out either. Like everything is coming forward, so like you can keep pumping old guns with the what they're changing is they're adding perks to new drops. Yeah. So like, yeah. I feel but you. I revolutionary am, shit. <laughs> I am gonna do. I actually really want to go back and now that I can move my PS4 character to PC. Yeah. Uh, I really want to do that just as like. And it's not even move either. It's no, just like right. I can play as my PS4 character on everywhere. PC. Yeah. I want to do that because I that character is ready to go through all the DLC. Yeah. And so I don't need to replay the campaign, which I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I think I might. That'll be a good background podcasty thing for me to do. Yeah. Now that I'm done with Astral Chain. But also, really, that might just happen tonight because when Control comes out tomorrow, I'm going to play that. Yeah. It's going to be the hard sell on that. I'm I'm extremely ready for it, especially because like I fell off of Remedy games after Alan Wake. I never played uh, Alan Wake. Uh, what's the what was the it's American you were fine. Nightmare? You, you could American see yeah, uh, uh, the, the American Nightmare was fine. It was like an interesting concept that got stretched like way too like it was like okay. something that should have been an hour and it was like four. Mm-hmm. And then I never um, played Quantum Break. I never got around to it because other people did for me. And I was like, all right, cool. You got it handled. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, it's, it, if you like their games, like there are worse ways to spend sure. eight hours, but it's, yeah. I think Rick Lane wrote a really good retrospective on that over at Eurogamer this week. Uh, Rick's sort of been reviewing a lot of Remedy games just in the run up to control, but Ends up making a pretty good case for it being a more interesting game than people gave it credit for being. But I think the problem was, man, those TV show sequences were rough. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like the game part was just better. The game part was just good. And then the TV show was less interesting because it was lower budget and it could like worked under more severe constraints. And so, you know, how like there was this period where everyone was experimenting with webisodes for yeah. TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the webisodes were always shit yeah. because they had, they, by definition, they had to be expendable. They could not really interact with the mainline plot. It had to be something people could miss entirely and it wouldn't affect anything. Quantum Break, like the TV shows felt like that. Like it was like a, it was like an entire game intercut with webisodes. What a weird thing. The uh, what I have heard over the years about how that game got caught in the grinding machines of Microsoft not knowing what they wanted to do with like the Xbox is just it's the fact that it turned out as well as it did sounds like it was like no small miracle <laughs> um and that it's like there's like a much better game that we should have gotten out of Quantum Break and yeah and that game in a lot of ways like sort of broke remedy for a while because of how like weird it was to produce it so they reacquired Alan Wake which is cool yeah that uh, is cool huh. 
Are there any? I should not ask this on a podcast. I'm not. I'll ask later if there are any connections. <laughs> I know what you're trying between... to imply. I don't know. I don't. You don't know, know Patrick. I, don't I guess know. yeah, Patrick can so. answer this. I, I hope, hope so, so too. Because like, I hope so too. Yeah. Look, we should. Honestly, I think we also just should do. A I am so curious yeah, what yeah, you all yeah. make of control when all is said and done. Like, yeah, we got we got to circle back on this. Sounds good. We will circle back on that and so many more things, so many other things. I think we're going to do a Waypoints episode this week about football. Have you heard of it? It's super funny because when we started this conversation around, like, we should do a preseason catch-up podcast uh, for Waypoints this week. That was, like, two and a half weeks ago, and there are, like, 30 more stories to hit about what has happened in the Way NFL more interesting preseason. stories. Yeah, honestly, way more interesting stories. I'm excited uh, to talk. Just, yeah. I, I started tearing up over this Andrew Luck stuff. Dude, I was, man. Me too. We'll get there. I know. God. What a good dude. Yeah. Did you see Him that? Him and Jay-Z. <laughs> good dudes. I <laughs> uh, wish them both very much luck. You can hear us talk about why we were talking about Andrew Luck and Jay-Z. It was not a pun on purpose. Uh, later this week on, on Waypoints. Uh, and then, and then uh, another podcast on Friday, like normal. So stick around for that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Kato. At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Patrick. Uh, at Patrick Klubik. And Rob. At Rob Zachney. Follow everything we do at twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint.advice.com. You can uh, go find out more about uh, the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine by Bowen at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. And you can read uh, my review of Astral Chain, Rob's of Control, and Patrick's impressions on Ancestors at waypoint.advice.com. Really appreciate it if you go check those out. Give those a, a click and to read and share them if you would like to share them. I would like <laughs> for you to share them. So if you could do a favor and go share those, that'd be great. Uh, thank you, as always, for sticking by us. Uh, I think that's going to do it. I think there's nothing else. I have no other questions, Your Honor. Peace. <laughs>
<laughs> Raphael, Raphael doing draw, really bad drawings of everyone in Golden Deer is extremely good. Uh, <laughs> it's all so fucking good. Also, good. also, Lauren's is verified. <laughs> the fact that one of them is verified and it's like one of the fucking nobles and his display name is just his full name. Extremely good. Very good. Yep. I'm at time.is <clears throat> slash just. Just the times, please. Just the time. You're missing a Marcus Aurelius quote today. If you just go to just, though. Damn. You know? Never let yeah. the future disturb you. You will meet it if you have to with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. Don't love that one. Uh, you want to do uh, three seconds? Sure. All right. <laughs>